I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Hello, everyone. I guess I can actually say good afternoon, everyone. I'm constitutional attorney Catherine Henry, and I'm coming to you live right now to give you uh, week four's episode of Restore Freedom Weekly. Uh, you have to forgive me. The uh, timing this week is not what I wanted it to be. I have felt uh, not quite well uh, these last couple of days here, but um, I wanted to make sure to charge through that and uh, be able to provide some uh, very good and important information as uh, those of you who tune into this weekly show are um, most likely freedom fighters just trying to learn a little bit more about the Constitution and ways that you can get involved. Uh, and I don't want to let you down in that respect. So uh, what I'd like to do uh, first is to go right on into what I normally have been doing is um, a Bible quote. But first, I'm going to share with you the um the the uh saying uh, a quote that is quite popular but not coming directly from the bible do not ask god to guide your footsteps if you're not willing to move your feet and that's something that has meant a lot to me throughout the years. Um, not that you can see it, but I actually have it on a little plaque back there. It's all about don't be the person who sits around and complains and expects there to be change. Don't be the person who even sits there um, in prayer all the time asking God to make uh, significant change in the world or in your community or in your life. You can count on God but you need to be putting your money to where your mouth is, so to speak. Uh, to put it more eloquently, as it states in James 2.17 of the NIV, in the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. So in other words, you know, a lot of people still ask me, Hey, Catherine, what about this? What, you know, why can't we do so? Who, who, why is no one doing this? Why is no one stopping the governor from doing that? Why is no one stopping the local health departments from doing this? Or, you know, why is no one stopping these school boards from requiring masks or whatever the case may be? Why is no one doing something? And, um, gosh, I wish I could think of, uh, the title of the song or the artist, but anyway, there's a Christian song that if you listen to any kind of Christian, uh, contemporary radio, uh, I know you've heard it, but um, I think it's Matthew West that sings it. But it's a song about, you know, I, I got angry with God. I looked around and I saw all the people that were hurting and homeless and whatever. And I said, God, why don't you do something is how the song goes. And um, the song continues to say, well, God said, I did. I made you. So, again, we shouldn't be asking God to guide our footsteps if we are ourselves not willing to move our feet. And that's because, as uh, it says in James 2.17, faith by itself, 
unaccompanied by action showing we truly believe in that um, request or that whatever we've made of God, the faith is dead if we don't show action, our own action to go along with that faith. So with that being said, um, this week's episode, I'm going to focus quite a bit on not so much court cases or statutes, but on the people a few of the people that are getting involved and what you can do to get involved. So uh, first, to get a little bit more specific, I want to let you know, what I what do I mean about getting involved? Well, I have several people that have been asking for my endorsement in statewide races, um, various races around Michigan. And <clears throat> I've been a little slow about that for a variety of reasons. Um, one of the biggest reasons is because just because you're my friend doesn't mean that I feel like I need to endorse you just because um, you did this one great thing or that one great thing doesn't mean that I necessarily think you're going to be the best person for the job. I want to do my homework. I want to know who all is in the race. I want to know who all, uh, you know, who's bringing what to the table and Um, Is it something that I feel like I am being called to support that person running for that position? So again, just because, um, in fact, in several of the races, I know more than one of the people that are running in the Republican primary uh, for each particular race doesn't mean that I necessarily think any of the other people in that race are not going to do a good job if they win or that, you know, I wouldn't support them after, you know, they win the primary should they win over the person that I've chosen. Um, but at any rate, um, that along with redistricting, several of the people who wanted my support or still want my support, I should say, um, started asking me, uh, before the redistricting lines were finalized and the map was finalized. So they actually ended up, almost all of them ended up in a totally different district or, um, you know, Senate district or house district or something of that nature. So, um, it's important to make sure that, uh, you know, you know what's going on, the current state of things, uh, really before you, uh, you say a hollow, uh, word of support for somebody that you, you get involved. Um, so, uh, with that being said, um, when we're talking about running for office, when we're talking about, Um, whether it's someone you know personally that has decided to go ahead and bite the bullet and run for office because they haven't seen anybody else uh, in their district stepping up to do um, the good fight, the fight for freedom and the fight to support the Constitution, truly support the Constitution. Um, One of the things that we need to keep in mind is that what happens when you make it all the way? What happens when you have won your election and you are now um, township trustee, such as I was, uh, in Georgetown township in Michigan, or, um, even a precinct delegate such as I was, or, um, even when you're on, um, I was on state committee for the Michigan Republican party, or, um, I used to serve on the downtown development authority and the um, planning commission in, um, a municipality in Michigan. Um, it doesn't matter what race you have run and that you have won. Um, at that point, you have the same obligation, which starts with taking that oath of office. So I know you guys have all heard me talk about this before, 
but I figured now would be a good a good time as any to uh, reiterate or point out those oaths of office. So at some point, I'm actually going to do a full blown video talking all about the oath of office. And what's interesting is that on the one side, you have all these uh, current government officials who totally have violated their oath of office. They don't even know how to read the Constitution. Um, at this point, I'm not even sure they would know how to spell it on their own. But, you know, they certainly don't support or defend the Constitution. So we're fighting against that. But I'm going to tell you, we're actually fighting against some of the supposed freedom fighters or, or conservatives or whatever you want to, constitutionalists over here that are so far off the side that they're people who... Um, <sighs> They, they have true conspiracy theory kind of conversation about the oath of office, whether it be for the traditional offices that we're thinking about, whether we're talking about um, attorneys serving uh, as you know licensed attorneys, members of the state bar, et cetera. Um, so let's look at what wording is actually in the constitutions when it comes to the oath of office. Uh, and like I said, at some point I will do a full blown video on um, well, all the states and the oaths, um, but also, for example, the state of Michigan, the number of statutes, the number of state laws requiring you to take an oath of office or to take an oath in general is um, it's actually quite a bit. It's it's there's a ton of statutes just in the state of Michigan alone that I'll talk about taking that oath. So this is something that is to be taken seriously. In fact, um, at some point during all my um, brief writing for, you know, the case um, that the lawsuit brought against the governor, that the um, uh, that group of doctors and a patient brought against the governor in federal uh, court uh, in Michigan, um, you know, my own Allegan County case, and you name it, any of those briefs that I was writing, when I was reading hundreds and hundreds of cases, um, the uh, which are incorrectly termed case law. It's interesting that there's even cases out there in Michigan where the issue or the topic of the oath um, is, is actually been analyzed and discussed. And I think you guys would actually find that interesting as well, but that is uh, information for a full video, much more in depth, longer video at a different time. So at any rate, what I wanted to do though, because I do have a lot of you, of course, in Michigan who follow me and watch these videos and those of you in Florida, um, who either were already watching these videos or who have just found out about me and uh, you know that I'm now in Florida, um, or quite frankly, um, anybody in the whole U.S. Um, I am trying to pull together the same concept from each of those constitutions, the U.S. Constitution, the Florida State Constitution, and the Michigan State Constitution. Keeping in mind, I am now a resident uh, of the state of Florida, and I have taken an oath to uphold and support the Florida Constitution just by virtue of registering to vote here. Um, but I'm not a licensed attorney in Florida, so please don't consider this legal advice for the state of Florida. But what I would like to point out to you, um, we'll go ahead and start with the state of Florida. The state of Florida, Article 2, Section 5B, says... Each state and county officer before entering upon the duties of office shall give bond as required by law and shall swear or affirm the following. I do solemnly swear or affirm that I will support, protect, 
and defend the Constitution and government of the United States and of the state of Florida, that I am duly qualified to hold office under the Constitution of the state, and that I will well and faithfully perform the duties of this office. So help me God. That is written right into Article 2, Section 5B of the Florida Constitution. Now, the Michigan Constitution, uh, a lot of you uh, probably know by now, it's um, the Michigan Constitution of 1963 as amended, Article 11, Section 1, that requires the oath of office. And that says that all officers, legislative, executive, and judicial, before entering upon the duties of the respective offices, shall take and subscribe the following oath or affirmation. I do solemnly swear or or affirm I will support the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of this state. And of course, um, we also have uh, MCL 15.151, which applies that to any government um, officials, employees, contractors, you name it. Um, and then, of course, the United States Constitution, Article 6, says... The senators and representatives before mentioned and the members of the several state legislatures and all executive and judicial officers, both of the United States and of the several states, shall be bound by oath or affirmation to support this Constitution. So, again, that was a lot of wording. And sometimes, especially since you're not even reading it, you're hearing me say it. What do all three of those say? the Florida Constitution, the Michigan Constitution, the United States Constitution, those provisions that I just read to you, what do they say? If you are in any branch of government, executive, legislative, judicial, any branch of government, before you serve in that office, you have to take the oath to support and defend and protect the U.S. and in the state uh, setting, the state constitutions. Above all else, you have to support and defend the Constitution. Your role, whatever role that may be in government, starts with supporting the Constitution. All right. So with that being said, I want to take you to the three resources I have for you. Um, as I've been doing, the, the links to those three resources are right there in the video description. And uh, the first one is the Michigan Campaign Finance Committee search. So... It used to be you could go to Ballotpedia and find all the, the offices, um, and it, it much made it a much easier way to search for everything going on in your state. Right now, Ballotpedia is kind of a hot mess, um, and they're not making it very clear that they don't have a lot of information. Um, but uh, what I started with you was, I guess I'm going to start some screen share here. Hang on with me. All right. So the Michigan Campaign Finance Committee search, when you show up here, now I will tell you that there are several people that are running in races where the committee paperwork has not yet moved over since they essentially um, started their race as uh, running for one district when it then just got moved over to another district. So there is some catch up that has to be done. But you can start here to search for what committee type, ballot question, uh, candidate, political action committee, political party. Um, so today I want you to focus on the candidate lists. 
You can search if you know the, the name or the exact phrase of the committee name uh, or that candidate. Um, and you can also search by just looking at who's running in which race. So you, this drop down, you could search for who's running for governor, lieutenant governor, secretary of state, attorney general, state senator, um, state rep, uh, member of the board, state board of education, regent of University of Michigan, trustee of MSU, governor of Wayne State University, justice of the Michigan Supreme Court or judge of the Court of Appeals, circuit courts, probate courts, uh, district courts, and a couple of others that don't make sense anymore. Um, at any rate, then you can select your district if you would like to do that, um, and the, the party. So they these are all the parties that they currently have um, ballot status in Michigan, uh, including no party affiliation whatsoever. Uh, so you can select there, and then you can include whether you're looking for dissolved committees, all committees, both active and dissolved, um, or just active committees. I would suggest to you that you select the active or pending committees because those are going to be the ones that will uh, be most relevant to you getting involved. Once you fill all that out, you hit search and it gives you a bunch of searches. Um, so for example, this right here is the, um, who is currently listed, according to the state of Michigan, um, as running as Republican for governor. Now I will note, for example, Brian Kelly for governor and Bill Schuette for governor are still listed on here. Although it doesn't look like there was any significant um, action taken in the Brian Kelly or Bill Schuette for governor campaigns. Those of course were two individuals that were running uh, as was Patrick Kolbeck in the 2018 elections for um, the Republican primary. And, um, you have uh, Secretary of State. Uh, this was one of the searches that I did uh, this morning. And you can see, for example, that um, Mary Trader Lang is still listed as running, but doesn't look like anything has happened in that race, at least, um, you know, anytime recent. So that was also uh, a few years ago. Um, again, you can search for Attorney General or um, um, state Senate in a certain district or state house in a certain district. Uh, so I would encourage you to utilize that tool. Uh, again, that is the first link that I have listed for you today. Uh, the second link to make sure I am going in order of what I have posted on there. Ah, yes, is this the oath of office, uh, the list of authorized individuals who may administer oaths. So what's very interesting is that people don't often realize yet not only do you have to take an oath, but you have to have someone who's qualified to administer the oath to you. So this is a list that shows what authority you see on the right hand side here, what statute allows uh, that particular person to provide that oath for um, people. So for example, as a notary public, uh, as a Michigan notary public, I was able to provide the oath for all offices, um, excluding those few that are listed down here. Um, as the, um, let's see here, um, as your local city clerk, uh, that person is able to issue um, or administer the oath um, for all offices, except those listed right down here. Um, so, Essentially, you need to make sure that it's somebody who is actually allowed to give the oath. I saw uh, with second district 
congressional um, with the MRP, a lot of things happening that should never have happened. And uh, from, you know, the county um, convention to second district caucus to whatever, that oaths were given, which were not necessarily being administered by someone who was legally allowed to provide the oath. So at any rate, it's important because it might seem like a formality, but um, it's important if you had, you know, some five-year-old child say, okay, um, I'll administer your oath for you. What does that even mean? I have no clue. And then you give your oath in front of them. Uh, what does that really mean? It should mean something. If you're promising to support and defend the constitution as you begin that, that role. So that is the second of those listed. And the third one is this link to the final maps. So the Michigan Independent Citizens Redistricting Commission has the final maps, as you could see in that third link, for um, the Michigan congressional districts, for the uh, Michigan State Senate, and Michigan State House races. And if you open one of those up, I have the House races opened up here. You can see um, the districts broken down here. Um, Let's see here. I'm going to go in a little bit to where um, Hudsonville is. Gets a little bit more complex, obviously, when you go into the more populated areas. So you can see that they did what they could to chop up Ottawa County, a, a conservative stronghold, in as many districts as they possibly could. Looks like there's um, the 88th district now, 89th, 86th, 85th, uh, 43rd. Um, maybe even parts of the 79th and possibly parts of the 83rd district and maybe 84th. Um, I don't remember exactly where that line is uh, for the county line. Oh, I guess that is the county line. So um, at any rate, there's, um, there's a lot going on there. Uh, so make sure that you pay attention. So why do I bring to you this boring district map? Well, you might have been uh, vaguely familiar with who uh, your state rep, your state senator, um, anybody, um, you know, your, your congressman, uh, who those people were. But now everything is changing. Uh, so um, there's literally not a district that remains untouched as far as I could see on, on all of these maps. I, I could be wrong, but I don't think there is a district that remain unchanged. So um, make sure that you're familiar with that. I mean, especially look at this one around Holland, the 86th district, which, by the way, I ran for 86th district um, state rep back years ago, but it was not over in that area. <laughs> it was in a totally different county. Um, but at any rate, look at all the ins and outs and how this meanders around uh, different streets and different who knows what. Um it gets a little hard to understand where those lines are. So make sure you can even put in an address. Um, I can put in my old address here. And it shows that it is now going to be in the 85th district. Um, hopefully it would all, it'd be nice if it would, the Secretary of State website used to show uh, when you plugged in your address or gave your information, it would give you exactly all the different, you know, who, what state Senate uh, district you were in, what state house district you were in, what congressional district, what, uh, where your, the voting um, precinct was. Um, at any rate, it, it, 
the, the websites uh, that the government has now, michigan.gov, it is a hot mess. You can't even tell anything on there anymore. It's, it's actually pretty upsetting. Um, but at any rate, this is something that would at least help get you in the right direction. So um, let's see now. I think that's all I wanted to show you. I'm going to double check that there was nothing else there. Um, okay, so my challenge to you or my way to get involved uh, this week is to find three ways to get involved and support one or more candidates around Michigan. So maybe that's somebody running for your local school board. Maybe that is somebody who's running for governor. Maybe that's somebody running for AG, Secretary of State, State Rep, um, U.S. Congress. Do some research. Utilize those links I just showed you. And find ways, find some candidates, at least one, maybe more, that you would like to really get behind. Because let me tell you, when I was running for State Rep and I was actively campaigning, um, it was, I was the first one in that race. I was the only one who was a member of all the five chambers of commerce in the whole uh, district. I was in all the parades and the community expos across the whole district. I regularly went to their DDA meetings and planning commission meetings and uh, you name it. If there was something happening in any community in that district, I tried to be there personally. And boy, did it really stress out our family, of course, because um, we have four kids and three of them were still young and at home. So, um, you know, Emma would often be with me. Um, if we were door knocking, I would put her in the stroller and she'd hold the campaign lit and off we'd go, uh, getting to meet people. Of course, potty training and door walking, uh, don't really mix just FYI, but, um, it's hard being a candidate. And even though I had support um, back then, um, you know, from people that were more, I guess, more recently known uh, from Tom Hooker and um, Dave Ageman, Justin Amash and Patrick Kolbeck and quite a few other well-known people in the conservative movements, um, they were each kind of focusing on their own races or their own things that were going on. And in one way, shape or form have told me or did tell me after my race was over that they really wished that they had each gotten a little bit more involved in some of those local races, being a little bit more supportive to get people on board with supporting and voting for the candidates, such as myself, that they were endorsing. Um, so make sure no matter who you are or what you do for a living, um, <clears throat> no matter what age you are, there is something you could do to support a candidate, whether it is helping to try to coordinate um, a, an event in, in your church or in your neighborhood for the candidate to come and meet people, whether you can help uh, just distribute their campaign literature throughout your own neighborhood or um, making calls. I had a lot of volunteers um, that are also Michigan Vaccine Choice members uh, back in 2015, 2016, making phone calls for me uh, for my uh, state rep campaign. I just shared a spreadsheet and we all worked from that and went down the list. Um, you know, I had people that were willing to help, but I tell you what, you always can use more help. So 
Um, please don't wait for a candidate to come to you and say, could you help me with this specific thing? Because oftentimes, such as I was, I was so overwhelmed with running for office and uh, you know all the details with that. I didn't have the time to sit down and think about necessarily what would be that person's particular strength or best fit for which role that needs to be filled. If you, whatever your strengths are, uh, think of how you could possibly help a candidate and make calls to get, you know, help raise funds for that candidate. Make sure you know what the basic rules are. Um, and uh, maybe that's a video I can do later on about campaign finance. What are the basic ins and outs so you know how to not run afoul? Um, it, it's a lot of good record keeping. Um, make some phone calls uh, to get support uh, garnered for that particular candidate. Like I said, do door knocking. Uh, put together events, do put together a, a debate for all the people that are running for office for that same seat. See if you could do something of that nature. There's a lot of things that you could do to support um, candidates, whether it's a local school board candidate or whether it is, you know, a candidate for governor. There's a lot that you can do. Uh, sorry, guys. I will silence that craziness that's happening as long as there is no no craziness that I need to attend to. Okay, good. My house isn't burning down or anything like that. Um, actually, I was looking to make sure that my husband or Lori were not trying to send me some, hey, you're forgetting about this kind of a message before I totally shut everything down there. Um, so anyway, that is my challenge to you. Now, what about me? Am I going to put my money where my mouth is, so to speak? Am I going to put um, action to what I am hoping to see happen. So yes, I am. Um, I was hoping to be able to show you some candidate lists that show all the candidates running for specific offices, but uh, things are still changing and in flux and people are still listed in wrong districts um, on the Secretary of State website. So uh, that isn't quite something I can do. Um, is show you a complete list of all the candidates for any of these races, really. The only one that looks like it's the actual complete list would be a uh, Michigan Attorney General's office, uh, which has uh, Ryan Berman, uh, Matthew DiPerno, and Tom Leonard. And um, I would consider Ryan and Tom friends of mine and uh, Matt an acquaintance. I will say this about this race. Um, at this exact time, I don't have an endorsement coming out, but I will tell you any of the three of them would be better than Dana Nussel. Absolutely. But I do anticipate having an endorsement coming out in that race. Um, as far as the Michigan governor's race goes, um, oh, I, here I am thinking I'm still sharing my screen with you. Sorry, guys. Um, so what I was just showing you was the... Uh, what I thought I was showing you was the attorney general's race that has those three listed. By the way, when you go to this website and you click on one, let's click on Ryan Berman, uh, for example. Uh, you can see when his committee was formed. You can see what party, the county that he lives in, the candidate, um, or excuse me, the committee's phone number, the committee's mailing address. Um, you could see any of the reports. So that is a good place to really get some information about the candidates that you would like to support. Uh, this is the current list, like I said, of the who is running for governor on the Republican ticket at this point. But again, I haven't seen much activity for at least two of these individuals. And last I heard, there were really only 11 uh, that have really announced for this upcoming 
race. But again, all of these individuals are currently listed as having active campaigns uh, for Republican candidate for governor. Um, so in this race, um, what I want to say is I, I support one person in particular in this race. But what I want to say before I even talk about that person is that there are other individuals that I think could do a good job. There are some individuals who I think have their heart in the right place, but I worry would not do a good job because they're a little bit misguided about some things about government and its role. Um, and then there are some individuals um, on this very list that I would absolutely not support at all ever because of who I have known them to be, who I have personally gotten to know with what they have said to me or what they have done, you know, in projects with me. Um, that it's not rumor based. It's things that I know personally. So there are people on this list that if um, if a particular person were to win that Republican primary, I'm not necessarily going to get behind that person. I just want to let you know that. But like I said, there are others that I think would be good. I do want to point out, um, let's see, who is it? I believe it is um, Brown, right? Yes. Michael Brown. He signs all of his emails. I think Mike, Captain Mike, I think is how he says it. I believe he was a captain for the Michigan State Police. Um, I don't know how I got on his particular email list, but I get a lot of his emails and I think his heart is in the right place. Absolutely. But he's kind of got it all wrong with what he thinks government's role is. For example, he just sent out an email recently that talked about, I, I don't know if it was Washtenaw County. There's a particular county where the prosecutor is no longer you know, requiring um, or requesting bail for crimes and how horrible that, that is. And, you know, what if nobody shows up, you know, for their court hearings, that kind of thing. We need to remember what the purpose of some things is. So what is the purpose of bail when you say something like that? The purpose is to make sure that the individual charged with a crime is going to show up uh, at their court hearings and that uh, the public is safe while that person is out. Now, let's stop and think about that. It doesn't really matter what they're charged with. What matters is the true sufficiency of the evidence thus far. And, um, you know, of course, some crimes, it's, it makes no sense to even, um, it's not really a crime against um, a person. Um, it's more of a, it's a crime just because the legislature has said it's a crime type of thing that um, the public safety is not implicated by having somebody walking on the streets while their case is pending. Um, but let's look at, for example, the Null brothers and uh, the allegations and charges against them for the kidnapping, uh, supposed kidnapping plot for Governor Whitmer. <laughs> that one, Republicans and Democrats alike, in all kinds of leadership positions, started coming out and, and um, really, you know, frowning their brow at uh, all of the individuals charged that you could never do such a thing. How, how dare these guys better have the book thrown at them and they're going to be held responsible for what they've done. That was like within the first few days of it all coming out. 
And what really disgusted me is that as far as I know, I'm the only person that went on the news, that went on videos, that went on any social media and expressed my support, not only for the Null Brothers specifically, but for any individual's right to be innocent until the government proves them guilty in a court of law by proof beyond a reasonable doubt. All of those leaders, Republican, Democrat, doesn't matter. They all jumped on this little bandwagon about, oh, well, you know, even though I'm a Republican, I'm Speaker of the House and or I'm the Senate Majority Leader, Mike Shirky or um, Lee Chatfield. Uh, and and the, these are this is just so horrible that these people would do this and we're going to hold them accountable and blah, 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 blah. Now, tides have turned. Actually, those of you watching this video might very well know about uh, the allegations and charges against um, Lee Chatfield. Uh, gee, something tells me he might want to be presumed innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. But according to his standards uh, that he publicly uh, expressed quite uh, vehemently, actually, uh, no, we're not supposed to do that. He is guilty with whatever he is being charged of. He is guilty of it at this point, and we should condemn him. We should um, make sure that he gets punished to the fullest extent of the law, have the book thrown at him. So, <laughs> um, that's all in sarcasm, of course, because all of us have the right to be proven, uh, to be presumed innocent until the government proves otherwise beyond a reasonable doubt in a court of law, uh, all while due process is being upheld. So, um, at any rate, uh, there are a lot of things that um, the candidate, um, Michael Brown, he brings a lot of good experience. Uh, he brings a lot of, you know, good intentions. But there's also a difference between saying, you know, I support, um, you know, back the blue or support the police or whatever. And we're just going to assume that all law enforcement officials are, are good until proven otherwise. Uh, no, I firsthand have seen how that does, you know, that's not okay. <laughs> so um, I've seen time and time again, uh, law enforcement officials uh, violate their oath uh, to the extent of being physically beaten by three of them. Uh, in Allegan on election day in 2020. So no, not all law enforcement officials should be given that um, automatic, you know, um, assumption of doing right. But um, at any rate, he's someone I believe his intentions are good, but I think he would do a horrible job as governor because I think he would end up being a much more liberal governor than what he intends to be because of his misunderstanding of what government's job really is. Um, so I don't mean to just pick on him, but um, I wanted to explain just because he's someone that's on my radar because he keeps emailing me um, and has a lot of these ideas, which sound good on the surface, but, you know, really, um, they really have some bad impacts. Um, the um, the person, though, that I think would be the best person for the job would be Ryan Kelly. Um, it's not because he's been a friend of mine now for a couple of years or that because, you know, we um, served with the American Patriot Council together um, uh, where, you know, he led the charge and forming uh, organizing these rallies that we had in 2020. 
Um, but because I have seen him dedicate his life to freedom and I've also seen his wife do that. And so while it might not seem relevant, you know, a husband and wife could be totally uh, on separate ends of the political spectrum or one could be active politically and another one not. I think it really speaks more to who that candidate is when their spouse is also sharing of the same values and is not afraid to say them publicly. And they're raising their children with those values. For example, Ryan Kelly, um, I'd feel really confident about seeking any kind of medical treatment in the state of Michigan with Ryan Kelly as governor, because I think he would be one of the strongest candidates to fight for medical freedom out of who is running at this point for Michigan governor. Um, and that's the thing, like I mentioned in a previous video, I'm not afraid of much, but I'm afraid of seeking any kind of medical treatment for myself or my family, given um, all the craziness that is happening, especially when it comes to those people who are in hospitals or, um, you know, anyway. So um, I don't want you guys to necessarily, you know, stalk the families or the personal lives of all the individuals running. But any of you who know Ryan or know his wife, um, they really, truly believe the values that he expresses in his uh, political ads, so to speak. So um, that he is my pick. He is who I am endorsing for that race. Again, there are a few other individuals that should they win the primary instead, I would probably feel comfortable getting behind them at that point. But there are some that if they won, I could not for various reasons. Um, so at any rate, um, I also wanted to share with you. Um, let's see. Um, who else? Um, oh, yes. Okay. So um, again, if you look up any of these races right now on the state website, things are a bit of a mess because the candidate committees are getting pulled from where they were originally filed to the new districts, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. But um, the 78th, the new 78th um, state rep district, um, I don't know all the individuals that are currently running, but I can tell you that um, John Roca is running. And he is a good guy and he is constitutionally minded. And he is definitely somebody that I would like to see in the state house. Um, again, there, as far as my understanding, another, at least one other individual that I know personally and have known actually longer than I've known John, far longer than I've known John, um, is also considering running for that um, seat. And if she were to win the primary, um, I could get behind her. But um, for a variety of reasons right now, John is the guy who I think um, definitely um, needs your support, needs my support in that new 78th district state house seat. Uh, likewise, in the 79th district, the new 79th district, Angela Regis is the candidate who I'm getting behind. And again, I can't tell. It is such a hot mess. I can't tell who all the candidates for that district really are at this point. But she is somebody that I have seen, um, barring some times where she's had some um, 
personal family stuff that she needed to attend to that was um, significant and more important. Barring that type of time away, I have seen her standing there um, at event after event after event. I've seen her cutting hair on the Capitol lawn back in May of 2020 um, in violation of the governor's unconstitutional stupid orders. Um, you know, I've seen her taking a stand over and over and over again. She actually ran for state rep for the same district that I ran for the cycle before I ran. And um, we have a lot of the same uh, constitutionally conservative friends, but she is somebody who I've seen work hard and continue working hard. She's not just someone who shares the same good values, but when the race is over, if she doesn't win, she's going to go away. Or uh, if she wins that seat, that she's not going to really stay as involved with the people. Um, and she's going to, you know, do that, um, you know, hang out with the in crowd in Lansing, so to speak. No, she's someone who's going to stay involved uh, with the people in her district, regardless, whether she wins or loses. And that's the kind of person you want in that seat. Um, so, um, that brings us to state Senate and um, district now, District 22. My endorsement in that race is Mike Detmer. Um, I have seen, uh, I believe, could be wrong, I believe Lana Tice is still, um, you know, running for re-election. I didn't think she was in her second term yet. I don't know. The whole thing is a mess and you can't find out accurate information on the Secretary of State's website right now. But my belief is that it's those two running against each other. And although I've seen Lana do some great things, and I think she's a good person, I have seen her take some horrible votes, uh, such as that bill, uh, dang, I don't remember. I want to say it might have been uh, House Bill 6032 that ended up getting, um, of course, voted in by both chambers um, and then signed by the governor that made it uh, illegal for you to go to work if you have any of the main symptoms of COVID-19, which are the same, according to Mayo Clinic and University of Michigan and a lot of other, you know, CDC, um, same symptoms as the common cold or the flu, uh, that it, it then becomes illegal to go to work. Well, I'm sorry. Some people just have some of those symptoms. They have allergies or whatever, or they get a typical cold every single winter that lasts for two or three weeks just because that's how their immune system functions. Uh, but what, they're supposed to not feed their families for three weeks? That doesn't even make any sense, um, beside all the constitutional implications. But anyway, I've, I've done a full video on that. If you're looking about the details of that particular vote, um, back, um, I believe it was October, late October of 2020, um, I did a full video explaining the unconstitutionality of that, um, of that bill that voted, was voted in unanimously. Uh, so that includes people like Lana Tice. Um, Mike Detmer, though, I have seen support freedom from serving on the American Patriot Council to running for Congress last election to um, just doing a lot of things to really put his money where his mouth is. And let me, I, I use that phrase to really talk about putting action to your words, but I, I mean, this man actually put his money where his mouth is. When I was fighting uh, the governor's orders, when I was doing my best to serve the people of the state of Michigan in, in, as a whole for the restore freedom effort and write those briefs in the cases against the governor, um, I 
wasn't bringing in funds at that time. I wasn't taking on new clients. Uh, the At the beginning of it all in May of 2020, um, I hadn't, uh, that was right before I came out with the Restore Freedom Initiative. And I really, you know, I wasn't raising any funds. It was a few people here and there that had just volunteered to essentially um, provide funds to me while I was doing the work that I was doing, which started um, in March of 2020. But he was one that when he found out it was going to cost, I don't even remember, it was like $200 just to access copies of the, the briefs that had been filed in those cases against the governor already. It was going to cost $200 just to get copies, just so that I could then uh, write my own brief in conformance with the court rules, which required me to see what the other briefs filed looked like and uh, what the requests being made of the court were. He, out of his own pocket, wrote the check so that I could get the copies from the court of claims so I knew what I was up against and so that I could file briefs. Uh, so I don't know. That's just something that came to my mind that um, I don't remember if I really had his permission to share that he's the one that funded uh, getting copies of that, which, by the way, should be free of charge to anyone online in the comfort of your own home, but that's another story. So uh, with that being said, I think the only race that I was um, ready to uh, provide an endorsement for that at this point I did not was, um, I'm gonna make sure I'm pronouncing this correctly. Um, Christina Caramo, I don't know why that's so hard, but for me, apparently that is. I've known her for a year and a half or more. Uh, she and I were actually asked to um, be co-hosts of uh, the Fifth Seat a conservative talk show. Uh, we aired, um, we recorded, I don't know, the first eight episodes or something like that. I don't know. Any, at any rate, I got to know where she stands on issues. Uh, we were able to have very spirited and uh, um, unedited debates about some things, uh, a lot of different topics involving freedom. And uh, she's someone who is actively involved in all kinds of things that support conservative values. For example, uh, she is a board member for um, Stanton Detroit's affiliate, uh, which is a life-affirming pregnancy center. In fact, I don't remember what it was for. I should know. But at, at any rate, she asked me for some sort of shorter constitutional video talking about uh, the Constitution and when it comes to the right to life. Um, and so that was about a year ago or so, maybe more, probably more. Um, and so I put that video together and um, and she shared it, you know, in, in uh, for her event that she needed that for. Um, she also um, is active in the um, Michigan Republican Party, and um, she was, um, I'm not even going to, She had, her credentials are too long. I'll just tell you, she is a true woman of God who truly understands uh, the fight for freedom right now and the importance of election integrity. So what race is she running for if I didn't say Secretary of State? So who do you really want in that spot in Secretary of State? I noticed some of the candidates were uh, the Republican um, 
usuals, shall I say. Uh, you have another couple of individuals that stood out as people that um, were running on a family name or that are running on some popularity they gained uh, for some stands they took from time to time during the COVID chaos in Michigan. But she is one who has stood her ground on her constitutional conservatism from day one since I met her. And she hasn't wavered. So I would ask you to support uh, Christina Caramo <clears throat> for uh, Secretary of State. So um, at that point, I think I've covered everything I was trying to cover, um, hopefully. Uh, so I wish you guys all the best this week and staying warm, whether you're in Florida, it is cold by Florida standards, uh, or in Michigan, suffering in the, you know, teens and single digits up there. Uh, my mom is trying to fly from the UP back down to the Grand Rapids area and uh, her plane was grounded. Uh, I think it was yesterday. Can't even remember what day of the week it is right now. But um, so I hope that you guys all do stay safe out there, especially on those icy roads. Um, and uh, if you are a trucker who is uh, traveling to Canada to support the fight for freedom there right now, um, I wish you the best of safe travels and thank you for what you are doing to take that stand in this fight for freedom. Uh, I'd also encourage you, just a final thought, to think about uh, researching um, I don't remember the other person my husband said, um, had a show on him, but anyway, uh, Jordan Peterson, he has a podcast and shows and all kinds of stuff. If you haven't heard of him, Jordan Peterson, if you're friends with my husband on Facebook, I'm sure he has shared lots of Jordan Peterson stuff on his social media from time to time. But he recently, uh, this week was having a show where he was um, interviewing the guy who was one of the main drafters of the, um, Canadian constitution. And uh, I don't remember the guy's name, but he is so upset at the way the Canadian government is just demolishing everything that that Canadian constitution stands for, that he has now filed a lawsuit against the Canadian government in court to um, put a stop to all of the madness because as one of the actual drafters of the Canadian constitution, he's there to tell people that is not what their constitution allows in any stretch of the imagination. So uh, just something interesting. I thought you might be, um, um, you know, have your curiosity peaked enough. You might want to look that up. And I didn't see it in print myself, so I don't have a link to share with you about that. But it is something, wouldn't that be something? As my husband asked me last night, could you imagine any of the drafters of our U.S. Constitution who, if they were still around today to see what our government is doing, to see what it would look like, to experience what it would be to have that drafter of the Constitution sue the government for its blatant disregard for those constitutional restraints upon government that were put into every single word. But, um, all right, guys, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, and for those of you watching later on, uh, I look forward to continuing the fight for freedom with you. But please, please do the challenge of the week and find at least one candidate, if not two or three, 
that you can truly support in some way, whether it's a one-time thing or whether you can donate a few hours every week or something even more than that. Uh, if you believe in that person, if you want that person to win that race, what are you willing to do to make sure that happens? All right, guys, have a wonderful day. And remember, more freedom, less government. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all.